Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Rainbow Wrap-Up. And this week, I got our boy Sean Iman back in the house. How's it going, Sean? What's up, everybody? What's up, Wayne? I'm doing good because I not only got I got you, but I got our very good friend, the one and only Lao Lao Head. Oh, Shane Agno. What's up, brother Shane? Hey, what's up, Warrior Nation? Good to see Sheesh. my boys. Yeah, sheesh. Good to see my boys. Sheesh. And as always, thanks for having me, my man. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining uh, another week of Rainbow Warrior football. Uh, for, you know, the three of us, we're just normal fans, just everyday fans here. Uh, so we deal with the pain of the losses and the... <laughs> Um, you know, the trauma that comes from that, that we have to endure and have been our whole life. So we kind of are used to it. We have to say as UH fans, like we're kind of used to it. Like I, that's why I don't feel bad for like, or like admire as much like the bigger, like we're, we're the best fans. We're the hardest working fans, man. We have to deal with the most, not only have to travel the furthest, but we got to deal with the hardships. And here we are again with hardship, uh, one in three, a very winnable game this past week against the defending conference champions. We put up an a very admirable fight, um, and the numbers also showed that we put up some some things to look forward to. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the number, the important number, was the score, and that unfortunately did not go in our favor. Once again, it was a close game, and we all said it would be close. Um, and uh, Sean Iman uh, predicted that the Spartans would win by one point, and they ended up winning. By four, but since he was the closest, uh, Sean, what is your assessment of this game? And I mean, what I mean, what are your initial reaction once the the clock hit zero? It was tough. Like, I feel like we were the better team, but twenty two punts. I mean, that that was kind of brutal. It was brutal to watch, and. There were, we had that game a couple years ago where there weren't any punts. So this was kind of the complete opposite of that. So, But, I mean, good defense, I mean, right? <laughs> we held the them defense, to 200 yards. I'm going to put that out there. We held but, them to the lowest output, right? San Jose State, 209 yards or something of offense. But, but yeah, with a couple so. days to reflect on that, how many balls did they drop, you know? So, I mean, yeah, the, it looks good on paper, but mm -hmm. a lot of it was kind of – they didn't take advantage of the situation. So, I mean, yeah, the defense did play better than, than the other games. So uh, well, I you mean, said, that was good to see. You said that we would be one and three. Like I said, before the season, Sean yeah. was the only one that per per correctly predicted <laughs> our record up to now, which was one and three. I said a three and one. I think, I believe I was a three and one. So, you know, I'm out of it. Like, don't ever ask me to pick a game on UH forever. Never, obviously. Um, because my heart is clearly bleeds too much because uh, I didn't see this coming even because uh, and you know what it's 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 hard to win games right uh, you can get close but it, you got to do the extra and it's just something that was uh, was missing and uh, coach Graham said that it was a tough locker room whatever that meant and so we have to figure out what is that a tougher than hell locker room or just a simply tough locker room and I am assuming it is the uh uh, prior because um, I know there are some there is a lot of words being flung by fans and coaches and players and and former players and and even on the internet which I'm not going to get into but I thought um, you know it, it's 
it's an easy time too for alums who played in the program uh, which I shout out the alums, but also the alums. I really need you guys to come. You got to be at the games. You got to be supportive. You got to give money. You got that's that's your job too as an alum. And I'm calling out because I'm a former college athlete who gives money to my team that I don't. I've never seen play since I've left New York. <laughs> I mean, that's literally how loyal I believe. That's my team. I wore the uniform. So you you need to be that loyal to your team as well. And that's just me because I know that like Tom Kitaguchi, for for instance, who does a lot for the program. As a Warrior Nation fund, I know for a fact, because he's done this before and called out alums. He's had very few alums donate to his fund. Um, and that is something that, um, you know, obviously donation is up to you, is up to you. And donating for me, like I'm going to say, I'm not even saying you have to donate to the program because I have my own feelings about that already. I know if you donate to something like the Warrior Nation fund, though, one good thing about the Warrior Nation fund is that you can donate to a specific project. So um, the last Warrior Nation fund money was uh, Nick Rolovich used it to um, make improvements in the locker room. So that's one good thing about the Warrior Nation fund. And it goes right back to the program for the team that you played for. So I know he's had some frustrations and nobody will ever say this out loud. So I'll be the one to say it out loud is that the alums, you know, they're, you're miss, you're underrepresented when it comes to giving back mm. in a lot of ways. And that is something that, um, <clears throat> is um, an issue that needs to be not only talked about, but discussed as to why, as to why, as to how, how is that relationship with alums being nurtured as well? I know for me and for my program that I played for in college, I still get emails, still wouldn't know when the alumni game is. The coach personally asks for video to send to the team before they go to the NCAA tournament. So that's the kind of relationship that a coach that I never even played under has with me. So that's different. And I know that that goes back to how the team and the program is. Cause I've met former athletes, former student athletes, former players like Matthew Harding. And I'm going to use his name right now because he is a great athlete and I have a huge respect for him. And I, I, he was one of my favorite players. And I know Shane, we, we talk about him all the time and Sean because of how much he did in that, that era, Bob Wagner era. But there was a time when he was estranged from the program as well. And I talked to him at San Jose a few years ago because he didn't feel welcome there. And there was some internal struggle. So that's normal. I'm not saying that does that does this, that only UH it happens, but we, we are such a small program that we can't afford it. And the reason that, you know, we have content like this that we're putting out like this podcast is specifically to call out the fact that we're in a critical spot for our program and that. The, the changing landscape of NCAA athletics and collegiate athletics could put our program at a further disadvantage at, to where it already is at. If there is no, um, if we, if there is continued passive um, reliance on the way things have been done for centuries, basically, maybe for not centuries, decades at least, which is a long time. And we need to think forward. How can we, Thing forward and that one way is bringing t- together fans bringing alums together so that was a far digression uh but in terms of back to this game Shane sorry I took you on a, a huge journey oh, but and with with football and with this program particularly I, I want us to be even more and that, I asked meeting all of the, the really hardcore fans you know being even more vocal on how we want to see the program being run you know it's like People are being very vocal when about Coach Graham, which they can be, and which I believe is very early for a coach to be going vocal because I, like I said before, I don't see Coach Graham going anywhere after this year, at least. 
Um, and neither do I see Dave Matlin go anywhere. And I see both of them. I we if, the way we talk about, and this is not picking on Dave Matlin. This is just holding people accountable who are stewards of the program. This is holding Ige accountable for the way he stewards the program. We don't mind going after him or Blangiardi. People don't mind talking about Blangiardi, a literal legend of in the UH football program, the guy who called the color analysts of the BYU games in 1989 and 90. So Blangiardi is literally a, a freaking legend of uh football so and people are going out and calling him out um which maybe maybe rightfully so i don't know i'm not saying they're not but i'm saying like if we're so afraid we're gonna wait until then it's time to when you feel like to call people out um it might be too long you know we we might have let the time go by where the program's gone already and you know i'm afraid that we could be at a, a much more of a deficit of fans even after this year um, and that's something we'll talk about with the stadium, but, um, Shane, uh, go back to the San Jose state game, Shane. I know, um, there's Hugh and I probably share a few expletives when the, the clock hit zero <laughs> or when that last fourth and down conversion, I believe it was that we were down to <clears throat> failed, but, um, you know, what are your, uh, your, what was your gut reactions just, you know, after the game and what do you, uh, now that you have a few days to think about it, how are you feeling now? Mm, I'm still butthurt. Um, to put it lightly, um, like you guys said, we, we had this game, man. Too many drops on both ends. And, yes, I agree, our defense did ball out. But it's just frustrating when our defense decides to play super good, our offense drops balls. They make critical mistakes at the wrong, you know, that Jared Smart fumble. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that, mm-hmm. was the, that was such a most – inopportune fumble at the most inopportune time and these drop passes they're not just like minor kind drop passes it's on third down conversions or it's like big plays and it's just it's so frustrating and i know everybody is on twitter and stuff we're all complaining about the play calling and i mean i'm not a coach but to me, common sense is you, you got to open up the playbook or be yeah. more creative or mm-hmm. something because this run, 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 and then pass, pass, pass. It's just, it's just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how they could have moved the ball so well passing, and then all of a sudden he just run, 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 punt. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just, I don't, I don't get it. So I know Coach Graham, Todd, said uh, he embraces the criticism. He, I like that, though. He, I like yeah, that. Yeah. He wants to be at a program yeah. where fans are passionate. Um, and this game, even though it's a weak opponent, we need to win. If yeah. we lose this game, oh, my God. Ugh, the dude is going to definitely hit the fan. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So, oh, it's a big game. It's funny, as a UH fan, you see a big game and our opponent is New Mexico State, you know. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's yeah. a big game, man. <clears throat> we, we need this win. Well, you know, when it, when it comes to um, uh, must-win games and, mm-hmm. and must-win worthy opponents, we're usually good at that at finding some of those. And this year we have a New Mexico State team that we're playing twice, um, a team that is a home dogs to us by double digits. So 
if that's not saying something uh, about this New Mexico State team, I don't know what it is. And I hope we don't get overconfident. That's the last thing we can, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, um, do. But this New Mexico State team uh, is obviously a team that we've we've played before. And it was in that era. I mean, I remember seeing Colt fling it across that New Mexico State <laughs> Aggie logo. So a team that never beat us ever. Uh, as too so yes everything is seemingly in our favor um but shane what are some possible pitfalls and what do you think that things that we could you know that you've seen maybe not corrected or got worse maybe over the four games or a part of a factor or a unit or something that you thought was going to be reliable not now you know it's not as reliable anymore Mm -hmm. it's just the inconsistencies on both ends like I said before, you know, when our defense plays good, our offense plays crappy. When our offense plays good, the defense gives us that uh, big plays. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't see the consistency in our our team as a whole, as far as the mistakes. And from a coaching standpoint, too, I don't think the coaches are living up to their standards. They're, it's just I'm, I'm very. Um, not very pleased or satisfied with mm. <laughs> the way the coaching has, has been going. Um, and I know, well, when you say pitfall, you know, Hawaii doesn't, we're not like a strong road team. And for example, what was it? 2017 when we went up to UMass mm-hmm. and had to win in the mm-hmm. last second. Yes. The, the yeah. Yep. And yeah. UMass isn't a powerhouse either. They're kind of in the bottom. Yeah, you know, they were the, the worst team prior yeah. before that. They were the 130 out of 100. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. so again, man, and we had to win on the last second touchdown. So I, I don't feel like super confident that this is a in the bag win. So we just, we got to play, man. And I think the trouble is the team's confidence level. I don't know. Mm-hmm how our confidence level is right now. So uh, we need to, we need to man up, man, man up. How about you, Sean? So, yeah, I predicted that we would be at this point at one and three in the season, but I honestly thought we would be better on offense. Mm -hmm. I thought we'd be better on defense and I thought we'd be better on special teams. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to, criticize and but I mean you look at the coordinator positions and like these aren't the guys that we had last year you know in those positions so I I think the criticism is justified yeah and you just look at there's there's no consistency across the game from game to game and I think you know we just want consistency because that's the only way you're going to improve so I uh, it now looks brilliant to schedule uh, New Mexico State twice <laughs> because I mean we 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 need wins. We we need to get some confidence. You know we got to win six out of nine to play in the Hawaii Bowl. So yeah, they they gotta they gotta get it together and get it together fast. Well, we can't speak too fast. We haven't beaten New Mexico State once yet, but. Um... I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, this will be nice to be able to have these two, especially if we played. So against San Jose state, uh, we, we only scored 13 points, which is not good, but we did hold San Jose to 17 points, which 
is admirable, I think, which is something that is it is good. Um, but like I in a lot of ways, like that one chow year where we lost by a score, basically all the games, all 12, 13 games was one score games. I mean, yeah. it feels like that sometimes where it's like, what is it about the winning part? And a lot of that is, yes, um, the veteran leadership from the coaching part. And and that's something in Hawaii that we let go, the nepotism, and we let we let pass um bear resumes i mean and that's not only like i said on the team but also in the athletic department and that's why we have you know a lot of you know marketing and uh different initiatives that seem um you know old or antiquated because we also have people that haven't gone to many other schools which is important to see how things are done in other places um and that would certainly benefit bo and Trent had they, and, you know, I know that they've had football in their blood basically all their lives, but it's definitely difficult. And um, at least on defense, we've seen, I mean, a pretty good game, at, at least in, against the San Jose State team, but um, the offense is absolutely going to need to, to get into gear, ex- especially because in Hawaii, that's what we are looking for. And that's what we've been talking about. And, and that's something that's kind of worrisome, but even at Coach Graham's press conference, when everybody was excited to talk about offense, 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 because last time we saw Coach Graham on the same field as UH was him blowing us out in the Hawaii Bowl um, with Tulsa. And it was like, wow, this guy knows how to coach a team that scores a lot of points. But then he started talking about defense, defense, defense immediately, which is great because you need defense. Mm-hmm. But he certainly did not promise a high scoring. He He promised high tempo and and um, he promised, uh, you Where's know, that action. At? Yeah. I mean, you will high tumble to a line and then you look to the sideline to. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we, we are getting what we maybe deserve because at, at UH, this is what we feel we deserve. We never feel that we deserve any better. Right. When, when June Jones came, he told us we deserve better. We deserve a former NFL head coach as a defensive coordinator, not just anybody that came along. We deserve somebody with that much leadership and veteran knowledge and savvy because a coordinator should be able to step right in too right which is interesting too because the associate head coach i believe is the strength and conditioning coach so that is also um you know an interesting thing that that coach graham has done as well or assistant head coach whatever his name his thing is so coach graham definitely runs his ship the way he runs it, which is fine because he's a head coach, but definitely he has to answer to those things. So the criticism is warranted. Absolutely. Um, whether it'll be something like a firing or something, I don't see that happening, but um, in terms of how vocal people have been over about coach Graham this quickly, are you surprised Shane to see, to see that coming from the fan base? No, not at all. Um, like how we all discussed the sugar bowl, and ever since the Sugar Bowl, so I said it was kind of detrimental to our program going to the Sugar Bowl because now the fans, they expect that every year. Yeah. And now when they're just underachieving, it's, yeah, the fans. And I listened to fan phones for years, so I know how fans are. Yeah? Yeah. When the team is underachieving, oh, they're, the fans are going to take it out. And yeah. I don't blame them. You go to any any. Um, division one program if the if the fans are unhappy with the team oh man 
that's just the way the sports. But even in Hawaii, is. I mean, Hawaii is not the way it is everywhere else, though. That, that's oh, yeah, sure. that's true. I mean, Hawaii people are a lot e- easier. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, we yeah, let a lot sure. ride. We let people ride on us. We let uh, administrators who we don't know ride on us, like Frazier, until, you know, a few people, you know, hooligans decide to start holding signs. I wonder where <laughs> that person is now, what he's doing right now. Um, but you know, that guy, that kid in 2007 who held the fire Herman Frazier sign, oh, that kid happened to be right by the end of the season. So maybe we should listen to that kid. I wonder where he is now. I uh, wonder what he could be doing this day. I heard he's doing all right. I, yeah. I don't know. I doesn't like him, but I don't know. <laughs> but, um, no, I think what we have seen though, in, in, in over time is that our program we lose fans and they just go away. And if they complain, whatever, it is what it is. Some of them will complain anyways, but they'll always come back. But then the ones that don't come back, that's the ones we got to worry about. And that's the thing is like, if the fans are getting more vocal and, or if they are, uh, you know, uh, if they are showing more displeasure and is that going to turn into um, less people in the stands um, or because I've, I mean, it's already been that way for a while now. So I'm not sure how much worse it can get, Sean. What were you going to say? I, I think it's just, it comes from a place of frustration. I think um, people have kind of turned on Graham quicker because it's, it's easier because yeah. people are so frustrated with not being able to go to games, you yeah. know, with how things have been handled that have affected UH, <clears throat> um, how the season has kind of played out, you know, that there were sky high expectations before the season and uh, they really haven't lived up to those expectations. So, so I, like, I get it. And I like the fact that he kind of owned it. I, yeah. I think that's what a leader does, you know? No, yeah, I agree. He says, like, it's, it's on me, you know, the buck stops here. I agree. You know, I like that. So uh, that, that kind of appeases me. I, I agree how, too. I agree. And that and Todd, coach Graham that. should be, thank you for bringing that up. He should be commended for that. Yes. For saying I mean, that. I mean, this, you know, this dude's making, Seven hundred, what sixty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and uh, he he should be held accountable for that. You mm-hmm. know, with the people that he's hired and promoted to run the offense and defense. So, um, I, I just want to say that I don't think he's going anywhere. We don't got the money to buy him out, so that's something that we're just going to have to deal with for for the next two years. So, I mean, he's going to have two years to to you know, get it right. So. Um, if he's looking to stay here long-term, you know, he's, things are going to have to get better. So, um, well, for sure. Um, his coordinator, uh, choices were absolute, um, you know, experiments for a lot of reasons in terms of just two people really elevated to a spot that they've never been in before. Um, and that's not to say that they're not ready for it. We're not saying that, but it, it gets, that's a lot of pressure for the coach too to make those. He didn't even have one safe choice. It's like two, yeah. not only hard choices because, uh, well, I hope they're hard because first of all, hiring your family should not be, it should be a very <laughs> difficult thing to even accomplish at a public institution. But, um, you know, he's able to pull it off a lot and, um, he's, that's going to add to it. So yes, I, I think the criticism is there towards Bo towards because he's got to um, generate results because of 
the situation and the circumstances. But like you said, I, yeah, is, don't <laughs> don't hold don't hold your breath for him firing those guys because I I don't think it's gonna happen. He might. I mean, he changed he changed him after the first year, so. I think I think, maybe, I think in terms of he wouldn't go he wouldn't go anywhere himself so he needs to do what he needs to do you know yeah. um, I don't think he's gonna kick him off the staff and I don't think he's kicked anybody out I mean everybody that's on the staff now from last year was there are some that were demoted it seems like right like right. Santa Cruz I think that's more likely to happen yeah no no guys, exactly if they don't get it together they'll just get demoted and he'll take a more hands-on approach on either offense or defense so. Well, I mean, he needs a you need a strong offensive person. Like, and if, if coach himself says that, like he's as I'm saying, he himself has said that he's not an offense. He clearly could be a probably an offensive coordinator, anyways. But I'm saying, like, he knows that defense is like his calling card. That's what he enjoys. That's, That's what he butter. talks about all the yeah. time. Yeah, I've never heard him say like I love offense. He's I never heard him say it. He loves a certain kind of offense. He likes winning, so he, therefore he likes seeing his offense score points. But Todd Graham has not, since he's come to UH, ever been, like, super excited about offense, which literally we all are in Hawaii because that's what we see, <laughs> yeah. and that's what we're used to. Uh-huh. So that was a red flag. And this, I'm talking about from his press conference. We're not, I'm not even talking about from last year. So we already knew this was going to happen, but, of course, we just sweep things under because that's how well, we are Hawaii, and fans and media, especially media. Because we need to keep storylines a certain way. That's why we don't talk about, you know, the Jesus thing, which we brought up before as well, which also makes oh. it difficult for him. The it's hat like, came back. The what? hat's back. <laughs> the hat's back? Really? Yeah, the hat's back. That's yeah. yeah. fine. It's practice, whatever. It's faded. <laughs> Yeah, get all the sweat stains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those stains. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, um, well, so, okay. So that, like I'm saying, he has a lot on his plate already, that Coach Graham is. So I, I think it's warranted that he does feel pressure because, um, even, you know, Rolovich, we, we com- compare with Rolovich. Obviously, his first year, um, was literally seven and seven, which is, White Graham basically. That was, was the greatest seven and seven season oh, yeah. of all yeah. time. Seven and seven year ever. And we saw improvement. Like we got blown out by Cal in Australia. Uh, we got blown out by Michigan three times over, seven times over. I was, uh, it was, that was one of those games that I literally mentally tapped out to be sitting there. Well, I've, I've done that already this year at UCLA and Oregon State, but to be <laughs> sitting there and at Michigan, it was like, a twilight zone like i just went into it out like literally a guy that was on the tour who graduated from michigan was like i'm gonna go look at my old dorm now because that's better right now than <laughs> and like that game like but i'm saying in uh we're used to that as fans but it doesn't mean that we deserve that first of all and second of all um we always have to put those games in we have to set those games we have to treat those games differently from the conference games for sure um, so we already experienced two of those games. So the UCLA and Oregon State games are kind of, you know, those are money games. Those are not, those are games that are fun, really. Those are like the, the bonus games, right? Like if, if we are going to make a serious BCS run, you need to win both those games. Fresno no State beat UCLA. Yeah. Fresno State is going to make a serious BCS run. Are we yeah. there? No, we're not. We're not even freaking close. And we beat Fresno last year, but they were a good team last year too. That got better as the season went along. And that's the thing is like these games we need to win. Yes. And we'd like to, 
but we've already set the program backward, you know, and we've done this in, in the form of allowing our fan base to die slowly allowing, and we know this because we had a 10 win season and nobody came barely anybody showed up to that, those games. So I'm tired of people saying when, and they're going to come. No, it's like, we're past that already. We're, we need to do better marketing and they will come. That's so lazy to be like, when, and then they'll come like, that's not what God Graham's there to coach the team. He should be winning, but we're not worried about him bringing people to the fan stance. He should help. I really believe Graham got on the phone and called uh, literally spent a few minutes every day calling one or a few, a few old time fans. He would get people to come back and donate. I guarantee that because that's how Hawaii people are. They always react when they, when they hear something like that, but you know, look at our basketball team. And we talked about this, um, you know, uh, before on this program is like, we kind of, we've already FCS them ready, move them down. And now that in our basketball team is not even top 100, top 150, there are 370 division yeah. one basketball teams and we're not oh. even a top half. And so imagine translating that type of thing with basketball to the football field. We are going to be FCS. It, uh, it feels like um, in, in this current trend. So that's what's scary because it feels like things are slipping from our grasp and people are upset and complaining, but they're not seeing the bigger picture is that overall, um, you know, we are not trending in the right direction and with a lot of conference realignment and the changing landscape and BYU and Houston now joining the big 12 and now Boise is looking at going to the American Sean talked about this, you know, that could also affect, you know, what Hawaii does as well. I heard they might bring Colorado state. I've heard yeah, they could. You I mean, Colorado State's a great team and they have the biggest budget in, in the mountain West too. They, they have the new stadium. Yeah. So, they have a new stadium. You know, uh, they're in, they're in Colorado, the Denver yeah. market. So, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these, no, Hawaii's not being talked about anymore, about conference realignment, about moving up. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be okay with being in 9,000 well, states. I, I, so. I think that with Hawaii, there's not many scenarios where we get have a net gain. There's uh, only one scenario where we stay where we're at. And then all the other ones is like we lose. So uh, Dave Rudin had his, article the other day about us going independent so i'm i'm not sure if i'm ready to go there yet well what's his i mean i thought we should have went independent with byu thing just because we are starting to when byu went independent just because we were um already basically groveling like oh mountain west please 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 take us and then they were they would have taken us anyways honestly like the market had shifted in our favor but by that time, we'd already groveled into the Mountain West where we already agreed to subsidies. And then that spilled over into the Big West getting subsidies yeah. as well, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm saying at that point, okay, we might as well go independent at this point. Um, but now we've seen it that BYU couldn't do it. Okay. And New Mexico State is struggling to do it as well. So, I mean, honestly, the thing is, you could go independent and just schedule everybody. But what are you playing well, for as well? What are you playing you're gonna for? You're going to have body bag games and two games against New Mexico state and like, who, who are you going to be playing no, in November? No, well, it's, it'll be the same schedule. It'll be the same schedules, probably the same guys, but um, what are we playing for anyways, though, at that point, as it, what, yeah. what are we playing for? Like the national championship, really positive. No, we're not playing for national championship. So um, 
And that's the thing is like, we're not there. And BYU tried it and with their oh. national contract even, but they, you know, it's, it's rough. So um, what, what, what would, what is your situation? What is your, um, what, what do you think we should do, Shane? What would you say? Yeah. I don't think independent is really the way to go now, especially the fact that we don't even know the situation with our stadium and there's yep. just so much unknown factors. So uh, having to throw in a, realigning ourselves in the mix oh god it's just gonna cause so much more yeah so much more headache for the fan base and just so (laughs) just i the the number one thing is just win if if we if we was consistently a good program with always get chance for a win then we wouldn't be in the situation about, oh, no conference is going to want us. And oh, so just take it one step at a time and just start winning games, man. Be consistent. Then things will fall into place. Just win. Well, hopefully that's a very nice and sorry way of putting things. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think <laughs> the, the way that we are now is that we're like in quicksand. We're just losing ground yeah. and. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're not doing enough as a program to brand ourselves and to to make ourselves more appealing to local people, to consumers on the island. Um, and that's not the player's fault. That's not the coach's fault. They could yeah, help that. Yeah. That's not their fault because they don't have salaries that pay them to do those things like branding and marketing of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's another reason why. We need to shift the focus on and if the program's going to go somewhere, it's on the hands of people who have la- allowed it to go there. Absolutely. Um, who lack the vision to get it somewhere yeah. else. Um, so that's where we are right now. But we also know that, um, you know, with the shifting ways with NIL legislation, with teams paying players, we might be forced into mm-hmm. a different um, classification anyways. And we, I, I would love to have, if we're not in the FCS, FCS would be... The bad thing about FCS is that would really kill our pro in terms of the fan base. Like a lot of people would lose interest for sure. No, more people. Totally. And I could see that coming. And I, I mean, <laughs> but at least you could, you could, you know, you could play for a championship, you know? I mean, that's one thing. And a national championship, you would think, you know, it's funny. Cause it's like, we went to the big West for basketball. And we're like, Oh, hold. every year we're going tournament now. No, we just got, worse as a program we just <laughs> fell into the middle area the gray area of a of a low division one program of uh, conference so it's like we just went that with it instead of staying up there so i could see the program falling and we're already falling i mean we're in the mid pack of the mountain west right now so our low actually that's mid is being nice we're in the low area part of the mountain west mm-hmm. we're down there not, not too many people are clamoring to add a team that's thousands of miles away from its nearest neighbor and that has a 9,000 seat stadium. Yeah. You know, I, somebody posted a picture of where San Jose state got ready for the game on Saturday. And it's like, it's right in like the lobby of the baseball stadium. So, I mean, it's like that kind of stuff. It's like embarrassing. So like, it just, it's frustrating to me that every time that there's a a round of realignment, Hawaii is always in a down cycle or like doesn't have its act together at that at that point in time, we always come off a, a, a high and then we have a dip and then there's musical chairs and it's like, and we're left holding the bag, begging for stuff. 
So yeah. it's just it's just super frustrating to me. Yeah, and it's like we see we know we've seen this. I mean, Dick Tommy up and then Dick Tommy gone and then Bob Weiner that we had up and a little bit down. Then we like fire Bob Weiner all of a sudden. We didn't want him. Then we went way oh, back gosh. down with with freaking Von Oppen. Then we went to sky high to our to the <laughs> ultimate peak of our program. Mm-hmm. And then it's been a decline ever since. And McMackin was just lucky to inherit the tail end of, of the June era and, and which he, you know, was okay with. I mean, he ended with a losing year in six and seven. That was his only losing year, but he had he a had great coordinators. Program. Yeah. He had good. <laughs> he had a great program. I mean, he was so, and nobody was like saying it was already, see I'm saying it was, we were already going through quicksand. We were already grasping at straws and then, you know, finally, you know, and then with Norm Chow, obviously it was, I mean, it, we, we really killed ourselves. So, I mean, I, with Rolovich just pulling us out um, and then leaving, I think that's what hurt us. I think we really went back down and Coach Graham is um, going to just have to pick up from there. And he won, a, a, a to me, a, a major trophy. But, yes, yeah, to a lot of people, they don't even know that there was a bowl game. Even the people, even Houston fans didn't know they were in a bowl. So, you know, that is questioned as well. But. We are in a down circle. It is what it is. But the, the stadium, one last thing I want to get through the stadium. Like you said, 9,000, you know, it's probably going to be enough. 15,000, probably going to be enough, sadly. Even even if we stay in the Mount West, even if everything stays the way it is, I, I don't know. If we go into the new stadium, we're not going to be able to fill 35,000. So a lot of this, in my opinion, is something we've been talking about on this show for a long time. And we're seeing it in, manifest in real time is the fact that the state is not allowing the school to do what the school wants to do. And that started a long time ago. And I talked about this last year when I first started this podcast on the importance of building that relationship between our school department, our athletic department, the state agency, like the the stadium authority and, you know, the governor's office and legislature. But those relationships have clearly been neglected for so long that when it comes to time when we need them to do things like let people into the stadium, they don't care. It'd be like a no. (laughs) I mean, if, if we had a different idea, it would be different. It would be. I, I, I mean, Dave Allen is very passive when he's coming to this. And he, it's not like he can do a lot. I'm not saying he can't. Um, but there would be people, there would be ADs that would be much. I know Ben Ben would probably be, be a lot more vocal about this. I agree with um, Ben Jay, because it's just crazy. You, I'd be on there like, you know, you're literally killing, you know, that we need this. Or, or, or I'd be like, I'm, I'm it's unfortunate that the governor is chosen this path. So we look forward to seeing, you know, our needs met in the next byline of the state budget next year, when it says uh, emergency reconciliation funds for the athletic department, because we didn't allow fans the year before, but of course, I'm not going to say anything like that because there's no way they would challenge the governor. Oh my God, not here, not in this state. Um, it's might as well be Chairman Mao already. You're not going to challenge them. So uh, that's what problem we have. But another sad thing is that the stadium is we're not going to get into the old stadium, which is sad ever again. Um, but Shane, well, I, mean, I mean, this is this is the thing is like we're renters in the Mountain West. We don't own the stadium. They don't share revenue. And everybody else owns their house and is making money and investing in their their product and their school. And we're the only ones that are paying travel subs. And, you know, it's just frustrating. It's one state agency being a vampire off another state agency. And nowhere else do you have this. It's only here in Hawaii. So that is, that's a huge obstacle to the program. 
to the to the well, fan base. Well, now, and- well, we're not talking about that now because we don't pay rent anymore. So now we own the house. But are we going to go back to the old one, Shane? Are well, we yeah, go back that's to what stadium. Do you think? <laughs> I don't think we're going to go back to the stadium. You see, they haven't even said anything about more developing plans. <laughs> huh? It's just like they haven't picked even, the uh, developer. <laughs> It's just gonna take forever, man. It's just, I don't. It's just so frustrating. A lot of it, you know, a lot of it lacks is because the people. You need to know sports. You need to love this and understand how it fits into the cultural fabric of society in Hawaii. And if UH football is not important and not relevant, then that's fine. Then they're gonna let the program die. Mm-hmm. I mean, then whatever. We should all just let it die, and then we can go on and we can just go to our NFL teams. You can go to Seattle every weekend and watch the Seahawks play or something. You know what I mean? Like we could do other things. We we have other things to be fans of. But if you're not a fan and you're in charge, that's dangerous because you're not gonna care as much. You're not gonna be as passionate. Exactly. So, um, I'm hoping that things turn up for our program. I'm hoping that we have a win this weekend against New Mexico State, but. Mm-hmm. Last word, Sean, anything um, you wanted to to say before we sign off? Uh, just shout out to Warrior Fan 07. Been talking to him on Twitter. Lots of good feedback. So Jeez. appreciate the listen. Yes. Appreciate the downloads. So mahalo. Go Bows. What about you, Shane? Uh, I just, we, we, we got to figure out a way to get fans back in the stadium. Um, I truly believe fans in the stands would have helped the outcome mm-hmm. of this past Saturday's game. Yes. Um, I saw Steven Sai's post that um, fans in New Mexico State are not going to be <laughs> mandated to wear masks or be vaccinated. So I'm like, oh, beggars can't want- be choosers. Yeah. And I was trying to look <laughs> for this post that somebody posted like, that ever since um, I was reading it last night, that ever since college football started, and we thought that it was going to be super spreaders when we saw these crazy full stadiums, but all those places, the COVID rates have been decreasing. So it's like, it's just, I don't, my, my personality is I'm fine with things happening as long as you give me a, a legitimate reason why things are happening. And, and we still haven't found like a legitimate explanation. Yeah. And that's what, what's getting frustrating. So um, I, and I just miss, I miss the camaraderie with fans. I miss seeing you guys watching a live game together so that's one thing. And just I hope the play calling gets a little bit better because I, I don't we haven't talked about, you know, w- can you guys explain to me why he uses Calvin Turner Jr. as a decoy to just run in the flat for no reason at all? I don't understand why he does that. It just oh, it just makes you no run sense. him out of the play. Yeah, really? yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. So. I just, yeah, I just want to end with fans in the stands, better play calling, and Saturday is a big game, man. School bowls. Can't wait to see your uh, your videos, Wayne, of keeping us in touch with with the live, what's going on live in the stadium. So we appreciate that, man. Can't wait to see it. 
Well, thank you. Um, and my journey begins tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited to go to the Las Cruces, also New El Paso, um, Texas area. So I'll be on Paso, Texas tomorrow. I might go cross over into Ciudad Juarez, mm. Mexico. Nice. Um, uh, we'll say, uh, we'll see if I, I do that. But um, in any case, <laughs> um, check out our videos at HI Sports Fans on Twitter, on Instagram. Hoy Sports Fans, look us on YouTube on Facebook and um, just send us an email info at hisportsfans.com or check us out hisportsfans.com got some big news coming up um, I got to get on my webmaster to get to his uh, kick him in the butt a little bit to get to editing um, but <laughs> that's also me so it's hard to kick myself in the butt sometimes <laughs> but in any case we'll see you all next time aloha aloha shoot